for this great cause and purpose that gave birth to this great church called Victory Outreach. Can I get it? Amen. If you don't understand, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to explain it. Amen. And so I want to thank the whole Pineda family. God bless you. I love you. And I don't think in my life there's a greater honor than being a servant to them. But even more so, I, I count myself as a son. I have a young mom and my spiritual father. It's an honor. Amen. And so say there's power in the knowing. You see, there's a verse in Daniel that says, for those that know their God, they will be made strong and do great and mighty things. Is there anybody here that wants to do great and mighty things? Well, first you need to be made strong. And he says that you're made strong by knowing your God. We know that there's power in the name of Jesus. That if you say the name of Jesus, there is power. Does anybody know the name of Jesus? But I want us to get to where we know Jesus. Because there's power in knowing the man of Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen? amen. Isaiah 45, 2 and 3. If we can get it up on the screen. And for time's sake, it says that I will go before you and I will level the mountains and I will tear down or shatter the gates of bronze. I will cut through the bars of iron. I will give you treasures hidden, hidden treasures and secret, uh, 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 just stored in secret places. I have this memorized on as I swear to God. Gets a little nervous up here. And he says, so that you will, so that you will, that you will know that I am the Lord, the God that has summoned you by name. You see, this here was quoted from Isaiah to King Cyrus to lead out the Jews that were held captive in Babylon. And he's telling Cyrus that if you do this job for me, that if you answer this call for me, if you live your life for the purpose for me, what's going to end up happening is you're going to get to know who I am. You're going to get to the knowing. We had the lady here from Fiji. Did you enjoy that? It was great. I loved it. And they were showing the pictures there. And you've you seen the shacks made out of tin. And you've seen the kids there living in poverty. You've seen the water. Well, Africa is surrounded with houses like that. Whole neighborhoods. A lot more populated, it looked like, than Fiji. And my heart got broken. I got moved. I thought I was from a rough neighborhood. I thought I had it rough growing up. Man, nothing compared to what I witnessed there in South Africa. And I wanted to know the history of what led to them living like that. And what happened was at one time they had property on the hillside or the foothills or the, of the mountains that overlooked the beautiful oceans. South Africa is surrounded by beautiful waters. You got two different oceans around it. It is gorgeous. And they had property there. She said, can you imagine your husband and family getting dispersed because of a devastating storm? 
That's something hard to imagine. But what it happened in Africa, if you can imagine that people, the government came with, with, with trucks and bulldozers and made you move out of your houses so that they can occupy it. The prejudices and the way that they oppressed the people there. And then they moved them in areas called flats. Hanover Park is one of them where Pastor Willie and Sister Dana is. And if anybody in Africa is listening, I also want to extend my greetings to you. You guys rolled out the red carpet. You served me top notch. Carte blanche. I love you guys. God bless you. And so they had to live in these areas. What happened there was the apartheid. I can't get into it, but you guys aren't saying amen, so maybe I'll explain it. In 99, they didn't have any drugs, little, little, little weak drugs. Like she said in Fiji, there wasn't a drug problem, really. But then later, the heavy drugs came in. Well, after apartheid in 99, all the heroin and cocaine and the crank and all that started going into these areas. And it's like, let's say you never got to have no sweets all your life, and then I bring a cake in front of you. You're going to just, you're going to go all hog wild. Well, that's what they did when drugs came to them. They went all hog wild. And they started getting heavily hooked on these narcotics. Next thing you know, there was a heavy cry because there was a great need for a ministry like Victory Outreach. When I was watching these slides right here, what I seen was a great need for Victory Outreach for a ministry just like ours to go to the Fiji Islands. Now, I know when you looked at them pictures, right away you want to sign on the dotted line. A lot of people have uh, dreams of grandiosity or you want to be put in positions. But I'm going to tell you something. Don't make a decision out of immaturity. We need to grow in things. An immature individual thinks that position is, 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 is ecstasy. But I'm going to tell you, it's responsibility. Leadership and position is a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And when you start thinking about answering the call and purpose that God has for your life, you're going to get nervous. You're going to get scared. You're going to try to see how it can be accomplished. You won't be able to see it because there's going to be mountains in front of you. There's going to be obstacles in front of you. There's going to be gates in front of you. There's going to be walls in front of you. But God told Cyrus, don't worry that I will go before you and level the mountains and tear down the gates of bronze. I will cut through the gates of iron. When somebody don't understand you and you're trying to explain something, you say, let it me see if I can set you clear. Let me see if I can explain it to where you could see it straight. You see, when you don't understand how you're going to do a God-given job, you can't see it. 
But God says, don't worry, I'll level the mountains. So you'll be able to see it. See, I'm not talking about a lot of times we think we're answering the call of God. But what we're actually doing, you can do on your own. You can see how you can do it. That's not a God-given job. A God-given job, you can't see how it's going to be done unless God goes before you. And he tells you this like he told Cyrus, don't worry, man. I'm going to go before you and I'm going to level things and move all the obstacles so that you will know. You see, the whole purpose is to get him to know. But Cyrus will not get to the knowing until he gets to the going. Huh? I, 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 I like to be Andre. Hit the keyboard right now. That's good, preacher. That's good. Tell your neighbor, you don't get to the knowing until you get to the going. And then after you get to the going, that's when God gets to the showing. You don't get to see the showing until you get to the going, and that's how you get to the knowing. Does anybody here want to do great exploits for the God? So now you got to get into the knowing. You must know your God and be made strong to do great and mighty exploits. He says that I will give you treasures hidden. Huh? Now, treasures, they come from ugly, dark places. And I believe here in this house, it is food filled with jewelers and treasure hunters. I think you know how to find treasures because you were once there. Remember when you were a little snotty-nosed kid and somebody called you a name, what did you say? It takes one to know one. Huh? Well, you're a treasure and you know where they're at and you know how to find them. Can I get an amen? But when you find a treasure, they don't look as pretty as you do today. Huh? Tell your neighbor you almost look as good as me. If I removed myself from the presence, you'd be the best-looking person here today. But you didn't always look this way. There's a process to go through. You see, there's a process to go through. Tell your neighbor there's a process. Speaking about gold, inside of gold, there's a bunch of alloys or metals, impurities. And they have to go through the refining process process the bible calls it where a fire has to be put and all the impurities rise am i done agent oh okay so we're going to take an offering <laughs> stand up <laughs> so the impurities have to rise and the fire makes them but as they start showing on the surface i said as the impurities start showing on the surface, as you start getting angry to your brother, as you start not wanting to give somebody something because they're hungry and you just want to tell them where to go, I'm telling you, this is where your impurities start rising. When you start getting impatient, when a balding white 
preacher talks like a black man. I said you start wanting to go to Rancho. Huh? That's an impurity starting to rise. You got to let God screen it and remove it so you can be pure. And the reason why he wants you pure, because pure gold is soft gold. And soft gold can be molded. When you look in Romans 8, he says the whole reason of all these struggles is so that he can make us more like Jesus Christ, the firstborn. He wants to mold us and shape us into the image of his son, Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen? Now that's when you're a treasure. Now that's when you can adorn your jewelry. You don't uh, adorn jewelry in the garbage state or in the raw state. You get it after it's been shaped and molded and put in the proper place. Now you adorn it and show it. Now that's a treasure. Are there any treasures in this house today? Hallelujah. Let's see if we could get through this before it's time to go. You see, the Jews had to go to Babylon. God used Nebuchadnezzar as an agent for discipline for his people. God dis disciplines those that he loves. We discipline our children. The other day I, I was at this thing and a guy sat down next to me and we're talking and I had told him I had to go to prison. And he goes, well, sometimes everybody needs a time out. And I said, but I know I needed one, but when the judge told me how many years, I was like, Your Honor, I'll behave. <laughs> Do I have to stay that long? Please. I don't need that long of a time out. Well, the Jews were being disobedient to the instructions of God. And the Jews were worshiping false idols. And so God had to punish them. And the reason why God punishes you is not to hurt you, but to get you to learn a lesson just like any loving parent will do their child. Like any parent will do their child. When we get discipline, we got to know it's because a parent is trying to teach us. And what God was trying to teach the Jews at that time and what he's continually trying to teach us today is to worship only him and to bring us back into repentance and to bring us back into relationship with him. I know that this is there to teach us a lot of lessons for us not to get caught up in worshiping anything other than God. I know a lot of us, we could worship a lot of things. Money, people, possession. Some of us, we serve our jobs. I heard when I was growing in Christianity that whatever's on your mind the most, that's your God. And only God should sit in that seat. Only God should sit in that seat. Nothing else. Can I get an Amen. And so we want to maybe uh, miss getting discipline. Make sure we only let God sit in God's chair. Can I get an amen? And so anyway, he tells Cyrus 
to lead the people out of Babylon because their time was up. And he's going to use a pagan guy. I said he's going to use a pagan guy. So anybody here under the misdoctrine that thinks that we can't talk to sinners, that God don't want nothing to do with sinners, when a sinner comes in this church and we avoid them, I'm going to tell you right here in this scripture, it tells me you're wrong. Because God used a pagan, Cyrus, to lead his people out of captivity or to make it go into motion. And he's telling them, because Cyrus would see, like, how am I going to get these guys out of here? I need a lot of money. I need this. I need that. And then if I was ever to find the money, they're surrounded by gates. And, and God says, don't worry. I'm going to make all that happen. And so he gets it done, and they get to go back. But now I want to go to Isaiah 54. Are you ready? Are there any treasures in this house? We could get to Isaiah 54, 2 and 3. 1967, Victory Outreach was founded. Sonny Argonzoni, ex-heroin addict. Went to Teen Challenge prior. David Wilkerson, Nicky Cruz, discipled him. It was like a recovery home, like the men's home. But he knew that they wanted a church, and they were going around to different churches like a, 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 a nomad, so to speak. And so he wanted a church. Of course, he thought it was supposed to be in New York, was in Los Angeles, and began Victory Outreach. Thank God for Nick, for Pastor Sonny and Julie. Amen? But today, when I was in Africa, that church, and we want to give everybody credit that has any part with Victory Outreach in South Africa and Africa, but it started with the Holy Spirit birthing it inside of Steve Pineda, here in the heart of the bay, our pastor's father. And then we started sending people over there. They were called missionaries. Later this week or so, we're going to have a, a, a national from Indonesia come and preach. But that started from churches that we sent missionaries from. Pastor Darrell was part of that. Pastor Chucky had a big thing with that. And we send missionaries to South Africa. And now some of their spiritual children, nationals are taking cities. Johannesburg is now with Pastor Ryan. Now descendants are inheriting. Are you with me? It tells you to enlarge the place of your tent. Now I know you look at me and, man, honey, remember how hard it was to find this shirt? Huh? They sell only little shirts in South Africa. And then they would talk real nice. Maybe you should go to the tailor and have him make you one, right? I ought to strangle you. Finally, this one guy, he ran all over town and found me a shirt that fit. One shirt in Cape Town. We need to buy clothes that stretch, man. Because I'm expecting to get bigger. Has anybody here had a baby? Huh? No, I'm not pregnant. But has any ladies have ever had a baby? You expect to get bigger. And so you have to go get stuff that stretches. 
huh, that can be capable of handling the growth that is about to take place. Can I get an amen? Enlarge your tent means that now that you've returned, get ready because I'm about to grow your church. I'm about to enlarge the place. I'm going to bring your family members in. I'm going to bring your neighbors in. I'm going to bring your co-workers in. I'm going to bring in the Gentile. I'm going to bring in the pagan. So get ready. Get ready. Enlarge your tent. Go out and buy some stretchies, some pregnant clothes. You're in your third trimester. You see, a lady doesn't say, I don't know if I'm pregnant or not. I think a lady knows. I know some have slipped through the radar and that. And I'll keep my opinions to myself. Yeah, right? <laughs> but you're pregnant. It says here that there's an urgency. Get ready. You see, he's talking about it. I'm telling you, everybody wants to be on the side of inheritance. But there's a thing here, and it tells you instructions of what to do. You see, I've seen a lot of children brought into this world, and it didn't look like their parents were expecting them. Didn't look like their parents were wanting them. But then I've seen parents that wanted children. And when the woman was barely pregnant, as soon as the color changed on the testing, they went and started painting a bedroom. They started buying clothes. They started having baby showers. They started preparing for the growth that was going to come. They weren't uh, thinking maybe, but they were expecting with an urgency and a desire for what was coming. And right here, God is telling you, you need to expect what with an urgency because there's going to be a growth. I'm going to give birth here. I want to grow you. You got to expand your tents. He says spare not. What does that mean? I had this big word there but my thing didn't work. My computer didn't work. But it means uh, don't be a tight one. Okay? Okay? Mamas, those that have given birth, huh? You, your husband wants to do this, wants to do that, and all you're thinking is you're not fixing that Chevy. There's a baby coming. All that money is going over here. Huh? Don't be a tight one. Okay? We got some new growth coming. Spare not. Spare not. Spare not. You got to loosen them dollars that you had for burgers or going on vacation. Spare not. You want to buy that extra something that you really don't need. Spare not. We need to prepare ourselves for the growth that's coming. I'm not saying you think it's coming, but we need to expect it with an urgency. We got to have an urgency. I'm going to tell you something. Right here in these scriptures, man. It gives you your mission. It gives you your purpose. We are a mission driven ministry. Our mission is to be prepared not to get caught 
slipping no more. Not to be disobedient to the word of God. The word of God tells you to stretch and spare not. We're not going to get disciplined. We're going to stretch. We're going to grow. We're going to be ready. We're going to give everything we got. Hallelujah. It talks about your cords to lengthen them. And it talks about your pegs, the stakes. Are you with me? So we know that we can't be just people that want an immature church. We have to become a responsible church. We can't be a church that settles comfortable. You see, they were over there in Babylon. And some people actually chose to stay there. Babylonian Jews, Pastor Paul. Huh? They stayed there. They were comfortable. They didn't want to move on into the promises. This promise here doesn't just come without work. This promise don't just come. But it was for the remnant of the faithful Jews. I said the remnant of the faithful Jews. Are you part of that remnant? Because on that remnant, he wants to build. And he wants to build so great that it will go abroad into other nations. He says that your descendants will inherit and resettle the cities. That means our children. We're seeing it happen. I've seen it happen in Africa. But we're not done yet here. But there's work to do. We don't get into this position without responsibility. You don't just dream of things and think it's going to happen. He says, don't worry. I will go before you. That means that we need to follow him. He's going in front of us. But that means we need to go behind him. Or you'll never see, you'll never know, you won't see the show. <laughs> we the the the, the um, home in Africa is right next to where they they pray namas numerous front of the home while we were there. Huh, Debbie? The Debbie was there, and then the night I showed up, Pastor Willie goes, Greg. You asleep? I said, no. And he said, look out your window. And right there's a dead body. Right there is a dead body. And they don't have an island. It's just painted. And cars are going around them. Over here, man, we see just a little fender bender. And we all want to stop and look. Over there, life has no value. And over there, man, the dead body, I mean, they didn't move it for hours and stuff. Do you see? And so I felt as a Christian, because all the Muslims were there, all the Muslims started coming out. They were doing something. And to me, I think that the body of Christ, the church of God, it's time again. We are not no longer in Babylon because we were disobedient. But it's time to move into Isaiah 54. It's time to enlarge our tents. It's time to spare not. It's time to lengthen our cords. And lengthening our cords, my friend, means this. We need leaders. We need more ministers. We need more leadership. 
This military movement needs officers, not Ossifer. Ossifer is what you told the cop when you were drunk. Not me, Ossifer. It's not all on the Pineda family. It's not all on Pastor Darrow, Pastor Paul. Huh? We need leadership. That's what keeps the tent together. That's what keeps it held down when things start trying to move, man. We need to have more structure and leadership here. We need to have this chain of command going. We need you to rise up and not just be part of the mission anymore, but become one of the missionaries. Do you follow me? At one time, you were being sought out as a treasure. You were sought out as a treasure, but now you need to become part of the missionary movement to reach these nations, to resettle these cities. Can I get an amen? There's a time where we have to go from the mission to the missionary. And I'd like to thank my elders and veterans because I stole that one from you too, Pastor Rick. See your descendants. Can I get that 54 up there, please? Then we'll just leave it. He says, Your descendants will inherit the nations and and make the desolate cities inhabitant, or others will say, resettle the desolate cities. Okay? Detroit, desolate city. Fiji, we've seen, desolate cities. Are you with me? These places need you and me to go. Huh? There's a time where we have to not be comfortable. When God starts living inside of you, he don't let you just sit there no more. When your daddy... Oh, you didn't catch it. Okay, say descendant. What is a descendant? It's an offspring. It's a bloodline. Are there any children of God here today? You see, didn't say one of your pieces of jewelry will inherit. It says your descendant will inherit. A jewelry don't have a heartbeat. A jewelry don't have God living inside of it. But you and I have God living inside of us. And we need to go from a servant, from a piece of material to a son and to a daughter to where we hear our father in heaven say, look man, you can't sit there no more. I want to use you. I want to do great exploits through you. I want to put a city and you in it. I want to use you for great and mighty things. But you have to get to know me. Because when you think about it, you think I'm not capable. I'm not strong enough. But for those who know their God, will be made strong and will do great and mighty things. Are there any children of God in the house today? Are there any children of God in the house today? Hallelujah. 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 Simple message. Simple message. But yet profound. There's a lot in there. Right here it's telling us, look, I had to let you go for a while. 
And while you were in Babylon, I wasn't with you. And you were barren. See, verse 1 says, single barren woman. And he's talking about a pregnancy here. God always uses pregnancies and marriages to explain his heart to his children, his church. He's the husband and we're the bride. And he says at that time in Babylon, you didn't enjoy marriage with me, so you were barren. When you think of that, you think of Sarah. And so here he says that I want to give you birth. Let's not do what Sarah did and laugh. But let's get expecting. Let's get expecting with an urgency that won't let you sit in them seats. I need to get this place ready for the children. I need to get this place ready for the growth that is about to take place. And I'm not talking about these four walls. He says that you're going to go abroad and you're going to go into desolate cities. And he's talking about nations. I can't sit here. We got things to do to prepare for the growth that God is about to bring us. Are there any children of God hearing his voice right now? It's time to stop just being okay with being clean. That's a piece of jewelry. We're clean. We're shiny. We're a piece of jewelry. You get a treasure out. You clean it up. You put it in its setting. But we need to go from jewelry to children. We need to go from jewelry to children. And the Jews were his children. And they got allowed from Nebuchadnezzar, from God for Nebuchadnezzar to take them to Babylon because they were disobedient. We need to become children that are obedient. That are obedient. Are you with me? That hear the voice of God and then do what he says. And that's how you're going to do great and mighty things. Can you stand with me today?